On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks introduced Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. What do we learn about these two guys? What do we learn about the season they've had so far and how they can fit in with the Dallas Mavericks? We'll give you our first impressions of them on today's show, but then we'll also talk about the Dallas Mavericks have made a giant bet on Jalen Brunson. They've decided to bank on and bet on re-signing him in the offseason. Are they making the right gamble? We'll talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Thanks so much for getting us to 10,000 subscribers. You guys are incredible helping us get there, and we've had incredible numbers over the last couple of days. Appreciate everybody that's done that. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com. The Super Bowl boy, the one more thing king. Taking it easy on me after my Bengals lose the Super Bowl. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I'm here holding the jersey of the Super Bowl winning Cincinnati. Oh, no. dang it. I'm sorry. They didn't win. Bummer. My uh. heart's broken for you. Uh, not really, but... I am sad for you and Scooter Scott Tomlin, Mavs PR guy, um, big Bengals fan. You are the only Bengals fans in my life that I, uh, that <laughs> Maybe I know. Maybe the only ones in Dallas. <laughs> only ones in Dallas, but it was a fun game, good game, uh, amazing halftime show. Oh yeah, my gosh, was. that sign, was great. Sign me up for that every single year. Lose yeah. yourself? Did anybody else just say every single word to the whole thing? I, <laughs> just me? Okay. Cool. Uh, for those of you that didn't know, I grew up in Cincinnati, went to went to high school in Cincinnati and then went to Dallas to go to college. And that's when I started covering the Mavericks. So I am a Bengals fan. And uh, yeah, that was a it was quite quite a game, quite a loss. But let's get back. into let's get into the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks introduced Spencer Didwitty and Davis Bertans, the two new guys, the guys that they got back in the Christoph Porzingis trade. And I've seen a lot of fans, mostly fans, commenters, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all that kind of stuff saying, well, the players that the Mavs got back are trash. These guys are terrible. Like, it's not just that they traded away KP. They got back these guys on these big contracts that are also trash players, right? And of course, that's an extreme opinion. But I think we have to talk about the context of these two guys and the season that they have just had and just went through with the Wizards. When we talk about these two guys and try to evaluate what the Mavericks are actually getting in these two guys. Dinwiddie and Bertans both had really interesting quotes about their situation in Washington and how it was a little bit different than a normal situation that you would have with a team and how they were disadvantaged in, in a lot of ways. And I think that we can hopefully expect those guys to play a little bit better than they did, at least in, in Washington this past year. But we got introduced to those two guys. Isaac, what were your first impressions from hearing these two guys and you know speaking to these two guys yesterday? Well, yeah. I mean, first off, I was really thankful they talked to the media uh, because we finally got some content because without the content, I wouldn't be able to be excited about these guys. Uh, my first my first thing with Dinwiddie was, one, he has a lot of connections with Dallas, right? I mean, he talked about his, like, one of his best guys in the, in the league is Theo Pinson and yep. how Theo was his rook in, uh, in Brooklyn and how, he, you know, 
he just has these connections with Dallas that it's like, oh, okay. He played with in Jared Dudley. Uh, my story on Dudley is about to come out, so it's taking me forever. But did you did you see the, the you know the Clippers game the other night when Dinwiddie was on the bench? He was like glued to, to Dudley's hip the entire game, talking to him, like walking through things. And there'd be a timeout. They'd be pointing to stuff on the court and trying to talk through things. And I was like, yeah, Dudley doing his job, like I, what, bringing in the new guy. It's the relationships, it's the connections that a guy like Dudley brings. And Huge. He, he played with Dudley in Brooklyn. When you know Dinwiddie got off the plane here in Dallas, was he in the game, the Ben Simmons game? Remember when Ben Simmons and Dudley got into it, and then Dudley did the thing where he put the arms out as he was walking I do back. Remember that, you remember yeah. that? <laughs> I wonder if Dinwiddie was at that game. We should ask him about that. Um, but you know, when when Dinwiddie got off the plane here in Dallas, who did he go with immediately after that? It was Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley was the one that was kind of um, helping him get acclimated to Dallas when he first got here, but. Um, you know, I, I think one, both of them seem like amazing dudes to cover from a media standpoint. And uh, I, th- what? I don't know. Did what he was, did what he did play in that, that series with, with Jared Dudley. So we should ask him about that. With oh, okay, okay. Um, I, I think, you know, there's a couple of different takeaways we can, we can take from it. There's some injury stuff uh, or just Dinwiddie's mindset of his, of his first, you know, stretch there in Washington. Uh, but I think the the main takeaway, and especially what's been, you know, shared on socials over the past you know, 24 hours um, was Berton's comments about Washington and just the atmosphere that, you know, that was there, the, especially for the role players and how it's hard for, guys like him and even other role players on the team to find a rhythm because they didn't know when they were playing and then everybody wanted the different roles and all this stuff. And hopefully I think you say you have, you have the full quote. We can get it in full context because we, we need the full context of this quote. Yeah. So, you know, the, it was asked the normal question. What do you think about fitting into this situation and, and, you know, fitting in with this new spot with the Mavericks after leaving Washington and Bertans, this is his, his answer quote. I think the situation with having that many guys that were in DC and besides the top two or three offensive options, everybody was kind of similar levels. So there wasn't like a, your role is bigger than somebody else's like three guys getting a lot of minutes and then everybody else getting limited minutes. So it was hard for anybody to get some sort of rhythm or something that everyone was trying to prove themselves. So I think that was part of it. And mm. you go back to that, that you go to that Washington team and they've had, you know, a lot of injuries and, and things like that and guys out with COVID and all kinds of things, obviously, but they have 15 guys averaging 15 minutes or more, right? Like that is really, that's really hard to sustain. They have all these wings. They had Rui coming back. They had Denny Advia. They had, you know, Davis. They had the three centers. They had, you know, the, the three guard. guys they got in the Westbrook trade. KCP, Kuzma you know, and all those Kuzma guys. and all those guys. Like they had just so many, so many dudes and guys. I was surprised they didn't make more of a, you know, all in for a, you know, a one, you know, three for one situation trade. They got but their you, star. But you have, you have all those guys and it's hard for those guys to get minutes, especially a shooter like Davis Bertans. And so I'm curious to see if he fi- if he carves a role. I'm still kind of skeptical that he'll get a set, set role with the Mavericks. But uh, I think it'll be a better situation because it seems like, at least right now, Jason Kidd has the, has the team bought into you have a role and be ready when you're ready, right? Like we've seen yeah. guys you know, step up and be ready after not having played for a little while. Well, yeah, they're probably going to be like, hey, be our – PR a healthier JJ Redick. Like, hey, come in, yeah. shoot some threes, run off screens, spot up in the corner, space out, and 
creating space for Luca in the paint. You know, I think it was uh, Jordan Brodus who writes for, sorry if I mispronounced your last name. No, that's right. Uh, for Mavs Moneyball. I, I think it was him who sent out a tweet of after seeing this Bertans quote of Bertans is the exact opposite of KP in the sense of he knows his role. He knows what he's good at and he's not going to like try to force anything that is not his game in the sense of like Bertans and his quote, because he even talked about, there was this, this great quote he had of saying, Hey, it's, I mean, he's just being honest. I know what my game is. I need people to set me up. Like he said yep. that in, in his saying, he's like, I need people to set me up. I need people to get me the ball whenever I'm in my spots and all of that, like just spotting up. He recognizes that he's not a creator. He's not trying to get post looks. He's not any of that. He's just like, Hey, I just need other people to get me the ball. That's how my game works. And it's like, he feel it seems like he's so aware of that. And it's what, well, you know, obviously poor thing is talent wise and everything's a better player than Bertans, but what a polar opposite, you know, view of that, of, Bertons is like, hey, I know my limitations. I'm not trying to get post ups. I know my role. I just and I need other people to get me involved. It's when they it felt like at times they were trying to like force the KP thing of like, oh, we got to get him the ball here in these different spots and post looks and and all this different stuff. So anyway, I just thought that was a, a good tweet that I hadn't like thought about comparing the two. Yeah, they're going to fit more, right? It's going to be more of a fit than it is trying to force something to happen, right? And obviously, Bertans is not giving you the defense that Porzingis was <laughs> no, giving the Mavs no, this no. year, right? He's not giving you any of the, the mid-range kind of stuff. But I think there is a definite benefit to that. And in the same way, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is also going to, to bring a benefit. And his situation in Washington was real different as well, right? Like, he had a situation that I thought was, was really, really fascinating. And... Coming up, I'm going to tell you why Spencer Dinwiddie was kind of, he felt like he was treated a little unfairly by the Wizards. And he came out and, and his comment was, was really fascinating to me about how the start of his season was supposed to go and how it actually went for him. So we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. Oh, look, I can just sit this on top of my monitor and it'll just be right here. Built Bar. Boom. You can see it on YouTube. About this Coconut Brownie Chunk is the best bar. They're absolutely delicious. I had one today. They are uh, a, you know, a delicious protein bar. You can get them at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off. And they're pretty good for you. Coconut Brownie Chunk, 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar. It's a perfect snack. It's a perfect, like, I don't know if you guys ever hit the the point of the night where you like, man, I just want, like, after dinner or something, you, you, you don't have a dessert planned or anything like that. You say, I just want something sweet. I just want like a something chocolate. Boom. Hit a built bar. All of a sudden, you have that to tide you over to hit that sweet spot. It doesn't have a ton of sugar in it. It's not going to ruin your diet. It's not going to ruin all that stuff, but it is going to be good and taste good. So go check it out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. All right, Isaac Harris. So Spencer Dinwiddie's season was, was supposed to go a little differently. So last season, the 2020-2021 season, he only played three games. In the third game, he tore his ACL, and so he was out for the rest of the year. And so this is his first year returning. Now, Mavs fans know what it's like to return from an ACL. We just had to go through this with, with Porzingis. But Spencer Dinwiddie had a you know a, a little bit of a different situation with the Wizards. He signed with this new team right after tearing an ACL, and Mavs fans know what that's like with, with a player as well, right? Signing Porzingis as he was supposed to come back and letting him. And, and he expressed his gratitude to the Wizards. He made that very clear from the very beginning. Thank, he was super thankful to ownership, 
to the front office and sure. to Bradley Beal for taking the chance on him and signing him coming off ACL. I just want to throw that in there. Very, very true. Cl- classy, classy move. Correct. Yeah. None of this is like none of this. I felt was was mean spirited or trying to just get at the Wizards. But I think he was disappointed in, in some of the ways that it, it was handled. He said, "You know, I was a bit disappointed with um, what was you know he was uh, <laughs> hold on. This Do you need quote, glasses? The quote I may, I may Nick's need. Nick's trying it. to read this uh, transcript. Well, right there's here. a I think there's a word missing in here, but uh, I got wrote off like 30 games into the season." that I didn't have to play the first, like, 25 of, right? And so they told me that when they signed me, you don't have to play the first 20 games because you're coming off a torn ACL. And I was like, nah, I want to come in here and want to help and be part of this whole thing. Sacrifice whatever it takes and, you know, whatever it needs to to get consistent hours of treatment just to make sure I'm in a position to play. So me, fair, you know, badly reading that statement aside – Spencer Dinwiddie came in and the Wizards said, hey, you can sit out the first 20 games. You know, we, we don't expect you to come in and play. You're coming off this ACL. We want you to be comfortable and, to, you know, to, to that. And, and Dinwiddie said, no, you guys signed me. You guys showed faith in me. And so I'm going to come back as soon as I can and go in and, and try to play. And then he says he felt like he got rode off within 30, you know, within 30 games. Now, maybe yeah. he's talking about like fans and maybe he's talking about media and fans and things like that and how they wrote him off. Um, but from the Kevin O'Connor report where, the, you know, the Wizards, you know, fan, you know, Wizards uh, players didn't like him and he's, he wasn't playing well this season. Maybe that wasn't the case. So he gets wrote off in 30 games, but the Wizards told him he didn't have to sit, you know, he didn't even have to play the first 20. So they, they shouldn't have expected very much from him. And it seems like they did. Yeah. It's kind of crazy when you think about the season, because, you know, obviously he struggled this season. It's like, man, what if he did set out those first 20 games? How, right. what would his numbers look like if, you know, instead of, Play, you know, he's played in 44 games this season. What if he's only played in 24 games? And those have been over the past, you know, month. And he had another extra, you know, what the first 20 games of the season would have took it into right past Thanksgiving. So what if he had, you know, from, you know, the basically the first month of the season, you know, their first game was October 20th. And if you go 20 games in, it's like, you know, November 28th, basically. And it's like, what if he had a little over a month at the beginning of the season to get even more healthy, you know, and how, how good would he have been? I mean, his second game of the season, I one, I think it's, it shows his mentality, how much of a competitor he is, but I mean, look at his second game of the season, his, they, they played Indiana They beat Indiana by one. He was 13 of 24 from the field. He played 34 minutes in that game. He had 34 points, hit six threes. And it's like, you know, Washington was probably like, I mean, I don't follow a ton of Washington uh, fans on Twitter, but you know, uh, Wizards Twitter was probably super excited seeing you know Dinwiddie drop thirty four points in the second game. But you know, we've talked about his games missed on here on the pod the other day as how he's missed ten games this season for him. But you go back and you look at you know five of those inact- games where he was inactive. It was a you know he was the second night of a back to back as as part of that rest plan. That hey, you're not going to sit out the first twenty games like we we offered to you. Okay, well, you're at least going to set out the second night of back to back, and then obviously he went to COVID protocols there, at, you know, at the end of the year for and missed four games there. So it's not like he's missed a, you know, it's not like he's missed all these games for all these random injuries and stuff. And it's crazy that he had the the choice to set out those first twenty games. I wonder how he would be if he did set out those twenty games. I wonder if he would have chose two. Now, now looking back, the way that his season has played out, because his numbers have been really rough. He has not played really well, even over if you start with if you start looking at his numbers from Thanksgiving on. If you take out those first twenty games, he has not played particularly well and didn't play well for the Wizards. But 
Then you go back to the, you know, the Bertans quote about how there was just different guys playing all the time and you can't really get in a rhythm and don't have the right teammates. And so who, who knows? We'll see. But I th- I do think it has to factor in how we look at these guys seasons this year for the Wizards. If you look back at, you know, Dinwiddie's two years before that with Brooklyn, when he was getting consistent playing time, he was 18 points a game, six, just about six assists. And he was really impacting winning on this Brooklyn team that made the playoffs that one year that we talked about. And, uh, you know, and, and, and made D'Angelo Russell an all-star, right? Like, I- <laughs> and, and he's going back to that role. Like, he's going back. Right. He started every game that he played for the Wizards last year. And it's like, you're, you're not starting now. Jason Kidd confirmed that, right. you know, pre- pre-game. Then I say, hey, they're going to come off the bench. And he's going to go back to that Brooklyn role. And, you know, he said all the right things when, you know, when we talked to him in the media of, hey, whatever they ask of me, I'm ready to come in here and do this. Plug me in, how they can plug me in and all of that. And him even using those lines of, yeah, I'm surprised they, they wrote me off after 30 games. He feels written off. He feel, you know, he's going back to a six man role. I feel like this guy's going to approach this. It's not even the second half. It, this last portion of the season probably more motivated than he has over the past, I don't know, two years. Oh, sure. For sure. I- I'm sure he's seeing all this. And uh, and hopefully it's a better situation for him, for both of these guys. They're able to contribute because, dang, the Mavs need some bench scoring. If you watch the, the Kindle Clippers game the other night, the Mavs need some bench scoring. They scored uh, as many points as Isaac was, was holding up with his one hand. So, all right. Let's transition over to a reason why the Mavericks don't have any bench points. And that's been Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson was, is, has played well enough this season to where he's been thrust into the starting lineup. He was the Mavs bench scorer. Obviously Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr. is out as well. And that affects the bench scoring. But since Brunson is no longer playing that six man role, he's starting and playing for the Mavericks. He's playing really well. The Mavericks have not given him extension an extension. And so now that is looming over the, over the Mavericks and over him for this off season. And Isaac, the Mavericks are making a really big bet on him. Oh, man, big time bet. You know, both the guys you heard about going to the deadline was Dorian Finney-Smith, Jalen Brunson. As soon as the Porzingis trade happens, they lock in Dorian Finney-Smith for the, you know, the extension, the 52, 53 million, uh, whatever it end up landing at, maybe 55 um, over those four seasons. And super happy for him. We talked about all that. But he's locked in. Jalen Brunson's not locked in because... Uh, shocker, he's going to get more than you know fifty five million. So <laughs> he's going to get a, a good chunk of change. And I was so fascinated, you know, three four weeks ago, even a month ago, when Brunson started going on his stretch and they, they leading up to the te- deadline of what Dallas is going to do with him. And because if they, you know, we said it, the moment they moved past the trade deadline and they did not trade Jalen Brunson then man, what a chance, like what a, what a gamble, what a push your, you know, put everything on the table type of move because you might, yeah, you, it's not just a, cause there's one angle of, are you going to be able to get him back? Like, yeah, he's probably saying you probably have that relationship. You're probably confident in it. It's like, you know, like he, he likes Dallas. He likes Luca, all that different stuff. But we also know how fast things can change too. We also know how a playoff series can change relationships and things also. We also know there's going to be a lot of competition. If you if you guys have listened to a lot of national pod, I feel like every national pod has mentioned some some angle to, man, there's teams across the league that are really interested in him. Brian Windhorst on his podcast said the other day, saying, I haven't, he, he even said on his podcast, he said, I haven't heard teams talk about a role player as much as uh, they've talked about Jalen Brunson going into <laughs> an offseason. Luca joked about it, you know, before the game the other day of, man, 
team like we know Jalen's gonna have offers from all the other you know 29 teams out there they know they're prepping for it the Pistons according to Tim McMahon reached out to the Mavericks about Jalen Brunson and Nico Harrison responded sure we can talk about Jalen Brunson we have interest in Cade Cunningham would you would you like to talk about that that's what Tim McMahon reported the other day yeah, so like teams are going to be interested. He's going to get his payday. It's probably going to be around that $20 million mark. And the moment Jalen Brunson stayed at Dallas Maverick past the deadline, it's the moment that the Dallas Maverick said, we're going to pay you whatever the crap you're going to get on the market because they have to. They, like you, There's no, and, and this is where like somebody even joked with me on Twitter. They're like, hey, this guy never even criticizes maps, whatever. I'm like, all right, you don't listen to this podcast if you don't think I criticize maps because <laughs> we criticize the maps. Uh, Lucas Wade, Tim's defense, we could go all day. But if the Mavericks lose Jalen Brunson for nothing, I think it could be one of the bigger mistakes that they, I mean, bigger things that you can criticize them in the Luka era because you can't lose JB for nothing at this point. You can argue like sign and trade, what they bring back, all of that. You can say, okay, well, you know, whatever contract number they sign him to and all of that. But if they just flat out losing for nothing, then that's a conversation that I think will last for multiple years. So what goes into that conversation? What goes into this bet that the Mavericks have made with Jalen Brunson? Did they make the right choice? And what are the outcomes that could actually happen for the Mavs? We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. Football is over. The Bengals did not win the Super Bowl. But basketball is in full steam with the Dallas Mavericks playing all the time. Pro and college hoops happening. And BetOnline.net is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. From all the latest odds, total player performance props, where to find the next coach is going to land, all that kind of stuff, you can check it out on Bet Online. They have NBA championship odds right now. Number one, who do you think is number one in the, the odds for Bet it Online? It is the Phoenix Suns. Should be, but it's not. It's the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I think they get a little bump because of the They're fan about base. to get Dragic anyway. Plus 425 for them, plus 450 for the Suns. So they're, they're right there with each other. And then plus 575 for the Nets still somehow. The Nets getting a big bump there. Bucks plus 600, Sixers plus 650, Heat plus 1200, Jazz plus 1400, Celtics plus 2800. That's the top group. Celtics right have there. better odds than us? Celtics have better odds than the Bulls, the Grizzlies, the Nuggets. The Mavericks have worse odds than the Cavs, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Lakers. Lakers are inflated, so you don't really count those as serious. Um, but yeah, the Dallas Mavericks have plus 5,000. If you're feeling good about the Mavs winning the title, you put down 100 bucks and they win the title, you win $5,000. So go check it out. BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let me ask my wife about this. <laughs> All right, Isaac Harris. The Mavericks are making a bet with Jalen Brunson. Like you said, if the Mavericks lose Jalen Brunson for nothing in the offseason, then they're, they're gambling on something really big. And it would be a huge missed opportunity for the Mavericks to... You know, to get better, to take this step forward. We talked about we talked about right after the Porzingis trade. This is a trade to take maybe a half step back and to take a full step forward later, right? And Jalen Brunson is a big part of that. Whether he is on the team for a long time and is signed throughout the rest of, you know, the, his next contract, or if he's used as a trade piece in the offseason to be traded somewhere else. Um, what goes into the conversation with Jalen Brunson? Do we think that he can be, you know, do we think he's worth a, a twenty million dollar a year? Price tag? Is he going to be worth what he's going to garner in the offseason? Is it is it worth it for him to keep on the team? What questions does he have to answer? I mean, it does, well that that question's like not even relevant now because it doesn't matter what he's worth because you just got to pay it. Like 
That's it's like whatever the market decides, you have to pay it, whether you think it's it's worth it or not, because now you're in that you're in that hole. You're you're already going to be in the luxury tax. So you got to do it because it's not like, hey, it, we either sign Brunson for 20 or we're going to have 20 million dollars in cap space. It ain't it ain't working like that. So you got it. <laughs> you, you have to pay him. I think the playoffs will determine what they view of him moving forward because they're paying him either way. It's just a matter of the playoffs will determine, are we paying him to be here for the future because he is the long-term sidekick in the backcourt next to Luka Doncic? Or are we paying him just to send him off here in six months or whenever that deadline is that you can pay, you know, trade somebody after you know they sign a new deal? I think I think that's the playoffs is a kicker then. That's where it was so how much does the Porzingis trade change how fans I've wondered how my own like heart feels about it because I was like a month or so ago. I was kind of thinking about Search it. Search like, your soul. <laughs> searching my soul. I was thinking, I'm like, dang, man, like I love JB. I love him and Luca together. They, they bond. They're, they're, they're friends. Like he was drafted in Dallas, like all of this. Is he, when I look at the money and that 37 to, to KP and you start adding up all, all these dollar figures, like, all right, $160 million cap sheet, like all this stuff. And it's like, are we ready to pay Jalen Brunson? Is he good enough to be a starting guard next to Luka Doncic? And while they're paying KP 30-something million, while they're paying all this stuff. And I, I had some questions about it. But now that KP's gone, it, it eases a little bit for me of, okay, if they commit to 20 to JB, they have other contracts now that if they want to reshape the rest of the starting five to where it kind of you know helps them defensively, they want to play small or they get another big in there. Like we talked about Miles Turner. If they go out and they they swap an, a contract or two and get Miles Turner this offseason, and it's like, okay, we'll have Miles Turner. Now Jalen Brunson, like it's not at, like if you had some hesitations about it before, it kind of makes a little bit more sense then. So I think I'm more comfortable about it paying Jalen Brunson that number, that 20 million number for the foreseeable future now that KP's off the roster. It obviously makes it more of a necessity, right? You see it. I mean, you just saw it in that Clippers game firsthand where if Luka is not scoring 50-something points, Brunson has to be that guy. He has to be the one to to light it up. Uh, and obviously, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Spencer Dinwiddie weren't in that game. That does change the calculus a little bit for the Mavericks. But you're right. They, they don't have a, a choice whether to pay him or not. Uh, the, the, the situation then becomes, okay, well, is it worth it? Is it, is it worth it to pay him? And what are the Mavericks actually getting? How are they taking that big step forward? If they have to give him this deal, if they have to, to pay him this money. And I do think, I actually think that the playoffs will affect how he gets paid a lot. I think people will see how he gets paid in the playoffs or how he plays in the playoffs. What if he gets played? I don't what if he think gets, so. What if he gets played off the floor again? Then, then all because of a sudden- I, because the Pistons don't care. They're not going to be in the playoffs. They'll pay for him. Who else are they going to pay? Like they're going to have to overpay for somebody to come to their city and play. And like, that's what they're going to have to do. And they'll overpay for a guy like Brunson. That's the worst case scenario for Dallas is it gets in, they get to the playoffs and he gets played off again, like the Clipper series. Yeah. And it's like, well, dang it. Now we got to pay him. And even if you're unconvinced of him being a long-term fit next to Luca, now his trade value took a hit. So 
the best case scenario for Dallas is the obvious one is you get to the playoffs and it's a completely different story for Jalen Brunson in playoffs. He kills it. He sat and looked at us in our eyes on media day and in said person, he, in person, <laughs> he thinks about that series so much and he's more motivated than ever, you know, for, for this next playoffs, because he knows what happened against the Clippers. But if he goes out there and kills it in the playoffs and then they go into the off season, Dallas like, Hey, we're already going to pay you. Now we're thrilled about it because either Yes, you're a long-term fit next to Luca. We advanced to the second round. Let's do this. Y'all are buds. Great. Kumbaya. We're all celebrating. <laughs> or it was awesome, but maybe the Mavs had a little hesitation, but everybody else saw how awesome it was too, and it just increased his value, and now they could do the signing trade or trade him down the road, all that. Either way, they're putting a big, big bet on Jalen Brunson, but they're putting an even bigger bet on Jalen Brunson being really good in the playoffs this year. And that's, I think that's the number one thing I'm watching in the playoffs this season is how Jalen Brunson plays in the playoffs. It dictates so much. It does. It dictates a a ton for the Mavericks. And best case scenario, Jalen Brunson plays really well. He he shows that he can be that guy. The Mavs pay him. They keep him. And Spencer Dinwiddie also plays really well. And all of a sudden, you got three guys, right? You got, yeah. you know, you, you know, it's the Ted Lasso. I had one ace and now I got two aces, two, two aces. What, next, what I next don't like, I don't like the notion of that. I've seen some people throw out there of, yeah, they got Dinwiddie, uh, Jalen Brunson insurance. Don't like that. Mavs that, can't, that they, they can't have that angle. That the Mavs have Spencer Dinwiddie. And so they think that, well, if we lose Jalen Brunson, then at least we have Spencer Dinwiddie. And so that, that makes it a little bit more palatable to lose him for nothing. Right. Oh, that, that would be brutal. Like, that's you, a terrible. That's a terrible thought. The Mavs <laughs> can't go into the summer saying no matter how good Jalen or Dinwiddie plays, they can't go into the summer saying, "All right, Dinwiddie played well. JB will only go to 15. Like you just can't do that. You got to pay him. Like it, it doesn't. No matter what it is, you got it. You got to pay him. Move forward. And it seems like the the Mavs are committed to him alongside Luca. Like you, like someone you tweeted this out, and somebody asked a question about the leadership council. In, in the media session, context, Jason Kidd grinned. He laughed a little. Okay, we just wanted to throw that out there. But I thought it was telling that he did say, like, he could have just brushed past that answer and, like, laughed and said, oh, we'll think about who, you know, could put on it. You gonna say something? The leadership council at the beginning of the season was Luca Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr., and Jason Kidd said that he, he named the leadership council and the leadership council decided in that first home game that every single player on the roster was going to see the floor and was going to play, right? Remember that story from the yeah. very beginning of the season that that happened. And so someone asked J- Jason Kidd, you know, it, you know, now that Christoph Porzingis has been traded away, is there a space on the leadership council and who's going to fill that? And Jason Kidd said, you know, I think the leadership council will have to vote to see if we can get Brunson in. Yeah, but like, I thought it was telling that he at least he said his name. Like I, I mean, as joking aside or wh- whatever it is, like it, I just thought that was a, a little mini moment of hey, they they view him as like a key part of this team moving forward. And so, anyway, the Mavs believe in Brunson. I love Jalen Brunson. I love his mindset. I love him as a dude, as a player. Um, he's playing so good this season, and man, it would be so awesome. They go in against the Jazz or whoever they play in the first round. He kills it. They get to the second round and the, and they show that man, this can work. Now let's spend some. Let's spend some. Let's use some picks. Let's use some of these contracts and go get another guy. Whether it's a big or a wing, something that can complement them to defensively. And let's roll with this. And so that's the best case scenario. 
but however you want to look at it, they took a big gamble. And by not trading him and him hitting unrestricted free agency, they're taking a huge gamble that no matter what, they have to walk away out of this free agency with Brunson on the roster or Brunson is, you know, a sign and trade for another key piece that helps this team go to the next level. Absolutely. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk about how Dinwiddie and Bertans can actually fit in the rotation because they're expected to play on Tuesday in Miami. So we'll talk about that. Now, make your next listen the Locked On Now podcast with nightly recaps from every NBA game, the analysis from your local experts, NFL, they have NHL, all that kind of stuff. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom!